This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. That was a Tenkara rod breaking. Rod breakages are never fun. Nobody wants to go out fishing and be in the middle of a hatch, catch a couple of fish, just to have the rod breaks in their hand. However, rod breakages do happen. Luckily with Tenkara, there's some really easy ways to prevent the rod from breaking. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the most common ways that Tenkara rods break, as well as how to repair that. We talked to different Tenkara anglers' experiences with when their rods broke and how they got it fixed. And we're also going to have a conversation with TJ and John, who are in charge of a customer service department as well as a repair department at Tenkara USA, about things that they have seen and how they went about fixing people's rods. And we also have a couple of really interesting cases where rods broke in very unexpected ways. The best way I've ever broken a Tenkara rod, I, I wasn't even fishing, I was setting it up, brand new, and just taking it, and I was had the tip out, I was I was putting the line on it, and there I was, I was all extended, and I'm sitting here, dun, 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 dun. my wife comes around the corner, and this is in my living room, with a vacuum cleaner, the line that I just put on gets sucked up in the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> bends it, pop, explodes the tip of the rod. I had to get a new tip before I could fish it again. So that was Kirk Dieter. Kirk is the editor of Trout Magazine of uh, by Trout Unlimited, and he's had some great experiences with Tenkara, including fishing for tarpon in the Guyanas. And he's going to have another story later on in his episode about uh, another rod breakage. Uh, he's been kind of hard on rods, but with reason. And let's now talk to TJ, who's in charge of our customer service. And TJ is going to shed some light on how customers can go about getting their rods fixed when they break a Tenkara. So I'm a TJ Ferreira. I've been involved with Tenkata USA since about 2011, and I'm the director of customer service for the company. And most of the time, when you call uh, Tuesdays through Fridays, you'll get my friendly voice ready to help you. And then we have John Gear, who is uh, uh, Monday and, and weekends. Uh, we typically try to be available most of the time to help folks. So. Uh, you'll either talk to me, TJ Ferrer, or John Gear, and we basically together make up the Tenkata USA uh, customer service team. For Tenkata rods, most common breakages, I would say probably tip sets, um, mainly because folks get a little bit, uh, when they're connecting and disconnecting lines, uh, they got to be a little bit more careful with them. A lot of folks, and in fact, I've just recently seen a couple videos on YouTube that shows somebody that's uh, taking the rod fully opened and letting the handle be 10 foot away from him, and they're holding the tip up at an angle, tying the line on, and you can see the whole rod flexing as he's doing it. And I'm like, oh! So it's important that you keep the tip 
inside the housing of the rod at all times when tying and disconnecting the line because you don't want to bend that tip at an oddball angle uh, and break it. That's where probably most breakages come. So it's a user type of thing. They just need to be a little bit more careful and making sure when they're tying and disconnecting lines, have that tip inside the housing. In fact, put your thumb over the top. By putting a thumb over the top and exposing only that soft little Lillian string, you know the tip's not going to break. Even if something happens, uh, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So. Yeah, extend the rod. Yeah, and what you mentioned too, like seeing somebody managing the tip of the rod with the rod fully extended behind them. Uh, pretty commonly when I'm taking people out, you know, in their earlier times, uh, if the if, if the person gets a tangle on the tip of the rod, which happens pretty often, uh, you know, if you're very new to it and you're moving your arm a little too much, the line will get caught on the tip. And I always try to recommend, like, there's two tips that I give people. First of all, point the rod up because, like, very often when you get the line tangled on the tip, uh, as long as you just lift the rod tip, the line will very often, like maybe eight out of ten times, the line will just kind of fall down to your hand and then you get rid of the tangly. But definitely, like what I see that always makes me cringe a little bit is when the person has the rod fully extended behind them and then they go up to the tip and then the tip is flexing in all kind of w- kinds of ways and I'm surprised that it yeah. doesn't break more often actually. And I guess that's kind of a western fly fishing thing when they're feeding the line through all the guides and getting it to the end they have the rod fully opened at that point and the rod's kind of flexing uh, as they're doing it so maybe that's why some folks may think that's how they're supposed to do it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think uh, people are very used to having the rod fully extended because there's no other way. And then you pass yeah. the line through the guides. It's true. Mm-hmm. Now, with uh, besides the rod tip breaking, like when people are managing that, uh, what do you uh, see for other segments on the Tenkata rods breaking? Mm, uh, normally not too common other parts break. I mean, periodically we can get a handle break or something, but it's mostly accidents not the fault of the rod but they've got it wedged in between something they fall on it and bend it or crack it Um, but not too often do i see larger segments actually break unless there's just really undue stress on it Uh, very heavy snag for example like on a log and they just start wrenching on the rod instead of closing it and grabbing the line and desnagging that way and that puts no stress at that point on the tip um, or any other part of the rod for that matter. But I normally don't have too many calls of people having other bigger segments break other than the, the thin tip segments. Yeah, that's that's true. And, and if somebody does break uh, the tip or how does somebody go about replacing a tip? Like if something like happens, um, you know, while they're fishing and they want to, you know, they just snap the tip. What can a customer do in that case? Yeah, so if they call up, I'll normally, if they're kind of in a predicament where, hey, I'm going fishing tomorrow and I need to do something, I'll ask where exactly the break is. Because if they break the very, very tip, like an inch or two down from the tip, we have a field kind of emergency fix. And, in fact, you made a video posted on YouTube uh, where you can cut off the remaining Lillian from the broke-off tip and then get a little file, if you have to, file around the the broken part of the rest of the rod where that little tip broke off of. You can maybe clean up that uh, tip segment a little bit. And the Lillian material is hollow, 
So you can actually, if you have a small enough piece to run that hollow material over, you could do a field fix by running that Lillian over the tip. And if you've got a Bic lighter or some type of flame, a quick couple of uh, flicks of that to kind of help uh, seal that Lillian over the tip of the rod. To make it even better, if you have access to super glue, and sometimes folks are backpacking or something out there, and they carry all sorts of uh, survival type of things, and they have some type of glue, a little spot of glue would even be better. Um, and that will kind of be a quick fix. So I'll tell them, hey, if you've got broke on a very, very tip, you might be able to do that to kind of quickly get you up and going again. But ultimately, you want to get a tip set ordered. Uh, they're very inexpensive. You get the last three segments of the rod, the Lillian's connected. All you undo is unscrew the cap on the handle, slide out your broken tip set, slide the new one in, and you're done. All of one minute, and you're up and going again. You can get a tip set typically within one to three days from the time you order. It's very quick. We have all those tip sets in stock. So those are a couple of methods I normally tell folks right away. Yeah, that's a good point about the field repair. And I will post a video on, you know, the... I'm going to embed the video of how to repair a rod tip that breaks in the field. I actually had to do it one time. So in about six, uh, well, actually going more now, seven years of fishing with Tenkara, I've had one rod breakage in the field where the rod just broke like I was uh, not really paying attention. My rod was collapsed. The line was tied to it. And I saw a fish rising. And I just started pulling the line out. And as soon as I went to pull the line out of the spool, the tip came out and snapped. And oh. it was completely like my, you know, inattention. So I, it was raining. I had a friend with me. I gave him my phone and I just asked him to record uh, me oh. kind of repairing the, the tip um, by myself, like right there. And I went on to catch it the same day. So actually what I did, I put the Lillian on top. Uh, I didn't have any glue with me. Uh, I had a lighter though, and I cinched the lighter, uh, the Lillian with the lighter, so it shrunk a little bit and it kind of adhered to the rod tip. Uh, and then, just as a precaution, I got some tippet and I wrapped a few times, like with a nail knot, kind of uh, mm. knot, just as a secondary backup. And went on to catch another eight or nine fish that day, and uh, another probably about 20 fish. Um, after that and i haven't really used that rod because i just got too many demo rods going on i haven't seen that one with the broken tip but it's it's still there it's still working yeah. so somewhere yeah it's pretty cool uh, you, you have so many stories of people actually break you know oh i slipped and fell and broke my handle on a rod but i still had the rest of the rod and i fished the rest of the day and caught 30 fish <laughs> i'll get all sorts of those stories where you know just because you break a lower segment doesn't mean everything above that's not usable so you improvise and if you've got, you know, the tip and five or six or seconds, seven segments down from it, you can still fish what you've got in your hand. It's amazing. What does a customer do if, uh, if they break one of the thicker segments that it's not easily repairable in the field? What can they do when they get home? Uh, yeah, so Tenkata Care, we stand behind our products, and I think we have pretty much the best uh, warranty out there. Not too many questions that we ask. Stuff happens. People slip, they break stuff. There's once in a great while, a, you know, a crack or something that can form in a rod. And if you break something, it's not the end of the world. I let people know. It's once in a while I'll get a, a person calling up going, oh, I broke my rod and my son's so sad and he does the end of the world. And it's like, no, don't worry about it because all those segments easily come out the handle of the rod. They're user fixable. You never have to send as a rod in for repair. So you don't have all that wasted shipping cost and time going back and forth. 
I can mail you the part. We've got videos on YouTube that shows you how easily sliding segments out the handle can be. So we can send you the exact segment. One to three days later, you can easily put it in yourself. What exactly they have to do to get a, a segment replaced? Yeah, the, so to get a segment replaced on any Tenkata rod, pretty much any of the models that we have, it's like an antenna of an old car. Um, each segment is a little bit smaller than the next, so it naturally houses and pushes into the next segment from behind and telescopes out when you're using it. So naturally, if you can build up a rod like that, it has to come out backwards the opposite direction. So each segment will naturally fall out the back of the handle once you take off a screw-on cap. And all those segments are basically removable, cleanable. Therefore, if you're main, you want to maintain your rod, and some folks don't understand that, hey, if you dip your rod in water all day, you want to go home and you want to dry it off and clean it off. You don't want grit and grime forming. So it's a good idea to get familiar with unscrewing your handle cap, holding the rod parallel to a table or something, and just tilt the rod slightly backwards, and all the segments will slide out the back, each one. And you can take them all uh, apart from each other, wipe them off, just a dry wipe, no lubricants, no wax, none of that. Just keep wipe them off. I normally like to just leave my segments out on my bathroom table overnight and just get a good air dry out with all the segments out of the handle. And then in the morning I come in and I just rebuild it back naturally by putting the next smaller piece into the next bigger piece all the way back to the handle. So each piece is basically builds itself back up and you just slide all those into your handle, put your screw on cap back on and you're done. So it's very simple. It might be a little scary the first time people do it, but once they've done it, they say, wow, this thing's a, it's a piece of cake. So I had this conversation with TJ, you know, and he mentioned he was a piece of cake. I decided to actually put a post on a Facebook page and just kind of see if anybody would be willing to have a conversation with me over the phone and just kind of get an, ex an idea from, uh, from the customers, directly from customers about their experiences. So as soon as I put a post within one minute probably, um, I already had three different replies and Jess Thomas was the, the first person that responded and I gave him a quick call and chatted with him about the experiences because he's actually had a couple of rod breaks and here's what he had to say about uh, his experience breaking and then fixing the rods. Tell me what uh, what's happened to one of your Tenkata rods. Uh, well, I have a couple stories. Actually, the one that to me is, uh, I think, I want to say a better story from your guys' end. Um, I had bought the Sato rod, and I'd already owned your 11-foot Awana and been fishing that for a while and was like, all right, you know, got a little money in my hands. It's time to upgrade. So bought it and hadn't fished it for a little while, and I was planning a trip up to northern New Mexico to go fishing. So I thought, you know what, I should get out and actually cast with this thing a little bit before I just get out on the stream. So I went and was doing some bluegill and bass fishing. And I got hung up in a tree and I shouldn't say I just like one time I did it like 10 or 15 times. It just was like, they just, my fly wanted to live in the trees. It just, and I got frustrated and I totally yanked on the, the, the rod too hard and uh, you know, trying to get it out of the tree when I should have just walked over and got it. And sure enough, you know, tip just busted and I'm leaving for Northern New Mexico the next day. Um, 
just like, oh, you got to be kidding me, you know? And it's just sitting there going, oh, you're an idiot. You knew better. You knew better than do that. Don't do that. So anyway, I sent a, a, a went online and, and did your guys' uh, you know, the warranty um, replacement tips and got an email back from TJ right away, you know, saying, hey, thanks a lot. It, you know, how quickly can you guys get this to me? Because um, I'm leaving in a couple days for this trip. And we started rolling through options and, and he's like, well, you know, when are you leaving? Okay, well, it takes a couple of days to process. Well, we could overnight it to you. And I was like, you know, don't worry about it. Got an extra rod. Um, it, it'll be okay. And he, he was really insistent. I kept kind of trying to blow it off. Like, eh, don't worry about it. And I just kept getting emails from him. Oh, I just thought of this. Is there a shop up there in northern New Mexico you could go to? And maybe they could let you borrow one or they've got a spare tip and we can just swap something out or um, whatever the case might be. And even though I just keep wanting to just, okay, TJ, thanks, but, you know, it's all right. It'll be okay. He just kept kind of being insistent um, about trying to get the it out to me as quickly as possible. Um, I still only had two days before I was up there and there's not a shop up there that I could get to. So I was not able to get it before the trip, but of course, as soon as I got home, it was in the mail. Um, so yeah, it was a you know pretty great experience with being able to just replace the tip rather than having to uh, like a traditional rod send it in, wait four weeks for them to fix it or replace it and then get it back again. And you're still uh, willing to have a chat with me and uh, supporting us, so I, we uh, I suppose oh, yeah. you must be oh, happy, yeah. huh? Well. After I broke my Awana the first time in the um, with the the tip and just how easy and reasonable uh, the warranty process was, what you guys wanted for it, um, and and how like I said, how quick and easy it was, no fuss, no muss, and the fact that I can do it myself, where like I said, I, I've I've closed a car door on a five weight before and had to have the rod tip replaced, that I had to. Again, they were super friendly and helpful, but it was a darn near six-week process to get it sent out, repaired, and sent back to me, where, you know, the, the collapsing nature of Tenkara, um, you just send me new pieces and I fix it. So when it came time to want to buy a little better rod, I shouldn't say a better one, a different rod than the 11-foot Awana, get a longer rod, um, you guys were my first choice mainly because of the warranty. Obviously, I casted the rod and I loved it, but the warranty alone made me guys really stick with you guys. Mom, she's sage, so I hated it, and I didn't speak my words in anger, but now I wish that my feelings had been clearly heard. The breakage was actually a pretty funny story that had nothing to do with, like, you know, like a huge fish on the line snapping the ride um, is actually mainly due to the fact that, you know, really long ride on a really small boat. So that's Max Royal from North Carolina. I decided to call other customers and kind of see what their experiences has been and mostly trying to find if there's any really fun stories to share about how not to break a Tenkara rod. And there really wasn't anywhere to put it um, with four other uh, adult men in the boat we were on a lake in Virginia. Uh, they were all using like ultralight spin gear and uh, just different spin spinning rods. And I was the only one with a Tenkara rod. And um, I, I mean, they were using huge fake lures, you know, 
giant spinners not catching anything. And uh, I would put on just a beadhead nymph with a, I think it was a uh, a guinea hackle, uh, soft hackle. And I was pulling uh, red-breasted sunfish as big as my palm out of the water here at every single spot. And I mean, and uh, with four guys on the boat, you really can't put a 12 foot rod just anywhere. And uh, while you're bringing in the fish or handlining the fish in. And so I would set it across my lap directly across the boat. And um, I was, as I was pulling in, I think it was the biggest fish of the day for myself. And uh, I was pulling it in, didn't realize my rod had slid down the side of the boat and got caught under one of the cleats where you tie in the uh, the ropes. And I went to pick up my rod after I tossed the fish back in, and I heard a loud cracking sound. I was like, oh, man, uh, what just happened? Looked down, realized where it was, took it out immediately, and I pressed on it ever so slightly with my thumb, and I could hear it just cracking under the weight of just my thumb. And uh, I was like, well, we're out in the middle of the lake. Might as well just keep fishing until it dies. And I ended up fishing for about two more hours. Um, it never snapped that day, but I had, I think, 17 fish on that day. Everyone else using their ultralight spin gear had at most three. Uh, and so that was, it was kind of, kind of heartwarming for myself being the only Tinkara, uh, angler out there. But then the exact next time I went to go fishing, the first cast I did, uh, snapped on the back cast there is the handle so it's the thickest part of the rod it's completely shattered and uh actually kept fishing that day but would cast on the the section rod above the handle and ended up catching a small wild brown trout that day took actually took a picture of it and posted it on the appalachian Tupara facebook group when Max replied to my Facebook post, he said that his story had something to do with a boat and perseverance. I was really curious to see what he meant by perseverance in terms of rod breakages. I think I caught more fish after the initial like, cracking than I caught before it cracked. And then, the, I swear, the first cast of my next fishing trip shattered. I mean, I could bend it and twist it all over, just bend it in half, and the graphite would just shatter all over the place. Yeah, didn't you post uh, that picture of the rod like yep, completely? That, yeah, exploded. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> do you mind if yeah. I? Uh, do you mind if I snatch that photo? Like when I uh, when I put up the the po- podcast page, if I use that photograph. Yeah, definitely. And so your rod is in working order now, huh? Definitely. Yeah, I have a brand new handle. Uh, TJ got it out to me. I think two days after I emailed him, and gave him my uh, my like card information. And yeah, I'm back fishing. And of course, I had to call John Gear, who is uh, part of our customer service team, but also is in charge of the the repair department of Tenkariose. We hardly, hardly ever get any rods back, but I asked John to be the one that receives rods in case anything is stuck or unusual that somebody wants to send the rod back to us. So he's the one that sees the very unusual cases, and I thought he would have uh, potentially some good stories. But before I spoke to John, I uh, actually had a pleasure to speak to Russell Husted, who had some great things to say, and uh, it was kind of a good reminder that even though we have a terrific customer service team, um, I still think that the best customer service is to not have to provide 
multiple customer service uh, responses. So one thing that we try to do is always educate our customers so that they don't have a route breakage in the future. We try to take every opportunity to do that. And uh, here's Russ talking about his experience learning a couple of things from John. And then we'll hear John's story after this. I called him up and uh, within three days I had a new rod tip back at the house. Nice. And uh, did you uh, go out and fish right after that? Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, not only did he uh, not only did he send me a new rod tip, but gave me instructions on how to properly do it. Um, got me some new line. Um, followed up with the personal call and uh, made sure I was rigged up properly and, and, and keyed me in on how not to do it, you know. So not only did he uh, save me from ever breaking any more rods, but gave me the correct knots to use and, and the procedures. And uh, and now I've been able to show others how to uh, how to rig up just really, really quick and, uh, and get right into the fishing. So that's been uh, really beneficial for me. I think my favorite uh, rod breakage story, and it wasn't really a breakage per se, um, is we did have one customer that sent a handle back to us that had been chewed up by a woodchuck. And that's John Gear talking about one of the cases where he saw a rod coming back to him. And I think that that was probably my favorite. I, I got it in, and sure enough, it had the teeth marks on it and everything. And, and uh, um, I don't know, I just, just uh, had this funny image of this woodchuck fishing tinkara. So I think that was my favorite. <laughs> That's great. That's excellent. Um, what kind of cases do people usually send the rods? Because we try to really make it easy so that they don't have to mail anything back to us. Uh, in what kind of instances do you, you see people are sending the rods back to you? Um, I think the biggest one, uh, probably the one that I see more often than anything, uh, is when they get a bunch of sections reversed in the rod. Um, and, I, and I've had a few come back where, uh, um, you know, like, like each section is going the wrong way, and when they get jammed in there like that, it's pretty hard to get them out. In fact, usually it's pretty rare that I can get them out. Normally we just have to replace those sections. So. Do you have any tips to uh, for people to avoid <laughs> putting the sections in reverse order? Yeah, I do actually, because um, I've done it. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've I've built a lot of rods and or rebuilt a lot of rods, and and uh, and I've certainly uh, I've never got one jammed where I couldn't get it out. But I've I've certainly started them going the wrong way. I think the big thing is if you're going to take your rod apart um, for whatever reason, whether it's to clean it or to get grit out or 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 just to to check it or 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 a lot of times it's in the process of doing a repair. It's the first time they've disassembled the rod. Um, I think a really good thing to do is to open up the rod and lay it out in sequence on like a towel or something like that. That keeps the sections from rolling around. Uh, that's much better than like a hard table or something like that. And you can see like real obviously that the sections are all going the right way. Even on the rods, like the Imago or, or, or these discontinued Yamame that, that uh, don't have real obvious banding, like say the Sato and Roto do, um, that you can still see pretty easily that the sections are going the right way. And then just kind of make sure you always maintain that, that uh, orientation. How do, you, how do customers know which way to insert the rod segment? Yeah, the easiest way to avoid getting the sections going the wrong way on the rods is, is to make sure they're all lined up by the, the colored bandings on the rods, whether it's the, the silver rings of the Imago or the, or the red uh, uh, bands on, like, the Sato and the Roto. Um, the other thing that you can look at, too, is that, that all the rods will have a little bit of unfinished graphite at the base of the um, section, so you can also line them up by that, too. 
And of course, I mentioned that uh, Kurt Dieter had another story about a rod breakage. I uh, think he's up to three or four rods, but each one of them has a great story. Uh, the second sh- story here is uh, actually involves a fish, but not your not your common trout. I also broke Chris Hunt's rod uh-huh. uh, fishing for pike. You remember that one? Oh. Yeah, we, Chris had landed a northern pike. We were in Saskatchewan and. We said, oh, let's try to catch a pike on 10 cars. Sure enough, sees the pike come out of the weeds. It's a little guy. Boom, boom, boom. Eats it, land it. And then I see another pike swimming, and I've got, it's his rod. And I load up to cast. But the problem is that this was like a 42-inch fish. And Chris is going slow motion from the back of the boat like, no. Boom, threw it down. Sure enough, boom. Crack. I've been hard on some of your rods, but it's fun, and they—they're so easy to fix. You know, it's like I slide them together, and we back and do it again. So we make it easy for you, Kirk. You, thank you, <laughs> thank you. That's such a great story. Uh, it, it's not the first pike that has been caught in Tenkara. There's actually a guy, I believe it was Sean in uh, South Dakota, that caught a real large pike, and I'll try to post a picture on. Uh, on the on the page for this podcast, tenkatiusa.com forward slash podcast of the pike that was landed without uh, breaking the rod. And I think there's also an article to Kirk's uh, story about going after those pikes. So if I find the link, I'm going to post that. But, you know, I hope you enjoyed learning just a little bit about some of the common ways to break rods as well as how to fix it. Uh, And I hope you enjoy the stories that customers have shared with us about how they broke their rods. And uh, hopefully uh, the same is not going to happen to you. We never like having a rod break in your hands, of course. Uh, But it it does happen. And I always like to think that if it's going to break, at least get a good story out of it. but again, if uh, if you need a, any help with your Tenkara rod, just give us a call. Uh, our phone number is 888-ITENKARA, 888-483-6527. Or you can email us, info at tenkarausa.com. We really try to make it very easy for you to get your rod replaced uh, or repaired. Um, we have this great program that we put in place this last year in 2014 called Tenkara Care. And that's just the idea that no matter what, if it's a Tenkara USA rod, we're going to take care of it. I'd like to extend a special thank you to Nick Ogawa, also known as Takenobu. Check out his music at takenobomusic.com. We'll be posting links to any references we made in this podcast, such as Takenobu's music, on our website, www.tenkarausa.com forward slash podcast. And until next time on the Tenkara Cast. <laughs>